0: Within printed page rests fates unseen, doused in ink and laid between. Shadows lurk within your findings, to other realms and beyond the bindings. Bindings, I'm Max Lopez, and this week we are going to be jumping back into the Discworld series. If you recall or have read any Discworld books by Terry Pratchett, you'll know or remember back to the episodes that Discworld is a planet that is a disc. It's a flat disc, and it rides on the back of four giant elephants that are sitting atop the shell of the Great Atuan, which is... A galactic sea turtle that is soaring through the stars and uh, carrying this entire world with it. Very cool. I love the Great Atuan. The Great Atuan has been my background on my phone all year because I just think such a cool idea. Such a ridiculous idea and such a, an incredible place for so many awesome stories to go down and, and to... Uh, be the backdrop and the setting for these just incredibly ridiculous stories always makes Discworld a place that you want to revisit by continuing to read books you haven't by continuing to read or rereading the books that i've already read or that you've already read that take place on Discworld. i just love it honestly it's it's it has become one of my favorite fan- fantasy worlds up there with Midworld, up there with Middle Earth, up there with um, any fantasized version of our regular world. I just think that Terry Pratchett has, has just something so unique and while at the same time, while a parody, while having comedy interwoven into every story... It still is a place that is heavy with theme. It's still a place that is heavy with character development, um, whether it's small or, or spanning over several books with certain individual characters. It's just, I, I love this place. I can't wait to continue to, to adventure there. I still have a lot to go. And uh, that brings me to this week's book, which is Weird Sisters by none other than Terry Pratchett and Weird Sisters is the sixth book in the Discworld series. He must have had quite a few of these kind of written under his belt and kind of ready to publish because he put out quite a few of them in the 80s that were kind of and granted they're not long stories but the difference is, is they're not long but they're so cleverly written and the, the tales are so cleverly told. Uh, that, like, they, they did, I, I'm sure they took a good amount of work just to execute in that way. But f- I, I've done my research on, on Terry Pratchett, and I've, I've watched any interview that I could get my hands on. And I have a feeling that although maybe to you or I, or to most people, it, it may seem like quite a bit of work writing in this clever tone, but it just was the way that Terry seemed to think. And it, it, if you watch any videos of him being interviewed, the way that he speaks about anything is is basically like you feel like you're reading the, a Discworld book. And it, I, I talk about this a lot with Stephen King, where it's like, that's why I've been... The, that's kind of my issue with him choosing to do the first-person perspective, perspective, is I don't have that feeling as much that I'm sitting on the bandstand at Castle Rock in Castle Rock and Stephen King's telling me a story you know I don't feel that when it's told in that first person and King has that done that that storytelling element where I feel like he's the one telling me the story so ingrained in me and and Pratchett really has that as well and once you see those interviews with with Pratchett it's even more so than Stephen King like in that way of just, you can see so much of his personality put into each one of these books that I've read, from being incredibly clever, to being ironic, to being comical, and to being like very deep and very introspective about so many different things, both in our human form and on the existential side of life. So I really love Terry Pratchett for that. And Weird Sisters... Although you could look at all five books leading up to book six here, Weird Sisters, as a parody parody in one way or the other of so many fantasy fantasy tropes, so many archetypes for fantasy characters. But Weird Sisters is the first one that is truly a parody, uh, at least to me, because it is 100% knocking on Shakespeare's, uh, I believe they were called comedies, but... I don't I never really understood that if, if so this uh, essentially I, I feel that this is kind of a combination of a parody of Macbeth and Hamlet a little bit and I believe those two were I mean I may be just butchering this completely I'm not a, 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 a thespian by any way when it comes to theater or plays or anything like that so I know nothing I do not know anything about Shakespeare I'm not claiming to know anything about Shakespeare but I think with Macbeth and Hamlet were considered dark comedies. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm right, that'd be kind of cool. But I know that the this story in particular is parodying it and it's really, really funny. And I enjoyed the story revolving around witches because it was something that they've played a role. In fact, one of the main witches, the, the head witch in this story, is also in Equal Rights, which I had read uh, several months ago and done an episode about. But it was just kind of funny to see uh, see the witches play this role, this main role here. So essentially what happens at the very beginning of the story is there is a king in this uh, this kingdom called Lancre, L-A-N-C-R-E, and King Varence dies, and you kind of are not under the you are unsure if he accidentally fell or if he was murdered eventually that comes out and he becomes a ghost and he is haunting the castle in Lankra and through that granny weatherwax and her two witches uh to kind of kind of forming a coven here a very small coven Realize that the kingdom is without a king and that there may have been some foul play so they kind of begin to do their own investigations as a Duke takes over the throne and the, the kingdom is being ran by a Duke and his Duchess which is pretty uh, You know, it just has this kind of like murder for the throne Feel which is obviously not uh anything new and definitely something that he is poking fun at in regards to shakespeare but also in regards to like and not that uh, the song of ice and fire books have not been written yet but obviously that that killing and and turning on each other for the throne is a huge theme that kind of runs through runs throughout that entire story so there is a coven of witches They, I mean, it's like jokingly referred to as a coven because there's only three of them, but it's Granny Weatherwax who, uh, if you've read Equal Rights or remember the episode about Equal Rights, she is the witch who is responsible for taking Escarina to, um, to Pork to become a wizard because if you recall, Escarina was, had the powers or had the ability of a wizard put into her when she was a child and uh, then we have Nanny Og, who I believe does make an appearance in Equal Rights as well. And then we have a new character, Margaret Garlick, who is not your conventional witch. She doesn't look like your conventional witch. She um, She's much younger. She refuses to wear the pointy hat. She wears things of the occult though, to, to make sure that people are very aware that she is a witch. And, This actually reminds me of one of my favorite aspects of this story is like it's constantly joked around about how there's like certain expectations that people have of what like a witch should be and whether or not they fall into those specific expectations. Whether it comes to like conjuring of spells or conjuring of potions or or any magic really at all, it's kind of like what people assume it is and what it actually is and granny Weatherwax makes a point to explain that at one point uh, makes a point to explain that headology is actually the highest form of magic and headology is basically something that any of us could practice it's just manipulation of people's behaviors in order to get what you want out of them and it's it's kind of just uh i i guess manipulating people into getting what you want out of i i think i explained it perfectly well the first time in fact and uh, it's just funny how she does that it's almost like she uses the power of confusion in in ways to get what she wants or to get an outcome that she wants out of a certain situation so uh pretty awesome and i love the i love the i mean not much character development a lot of these stories don't they don't really rely on it at all instead you're kind of dropped into a character and in, or into a group of character characters and you're almost just like fortunate enough to be able to view what their story is for this individual period of time and this this is very much that as well and so granny weatherwax and her coven start to realize that the land seems to be sick in away and they discover through um through calling forth a demon that uh, the land actually requires leadership. It actually requires a king, so they need to help uh, replace the king because the land is very aware that the duke is not the true king. So that's essentially where the bulk of this story lies, is the the coven of witches attempting to bring a king back to the kingdom of Lankra. And through that, we're introduced to... uh, the new duke of the kingdom, who is attempting to be king. He is a, what you would assume is a jester, but he's only referred to as the fool. He ends up with sort of a love interest for our witch, Margaret, Margaret Garlick. Uh, then another interesting aspect of this story is we're introduced to a dwarf, which to my knowledge, dwarves had not been introduced into the Discworld series yet. This is the first introduction. His name is Huel. H-W-E-L and he is a dwarf and he's actually a playwright. He writes plays, which that's also kind of uh, humorous in so many ways because dwarves, especially in Tolkien lore, are very brute, they're very stubborn, uh, they're very gold-centric, they're very obsessed with um, having lots of wealth and being also being very complacent where well, is kind of the opposite of that, where he's creative and he's bringing his stories all around the disc, and he's putting together plays and hiring actors and all of these these sorts of things, which are very undwarf-like. As far as where I'm mainly familiar with them is is truly only in in Lord of the Rings, uh, just through all of Tolkien's work, as well as their use in um, and of course, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, but also their use in Dungeons and Dragons and things like that. So eventually uh, you get introduced to one of his actors named Tom John. And these are two separate stories that are obviously, I don't have to explain it, they will one day merge together into one throughout the entirety of the, of the story in Weird Sisters here. So I did love that. It was kind of like this, like... You're introduced to well pretty early and he's writing these plays and like you're just kind of sold into it just because it's kind of quirky and what Terry Pratchett does doesn't always need an explanation. I'm, I'm kind of just his books are so short, you know, the payoff is going to come very quickly. So I just kind of sat back and enjoyed it and uh, and let those two things merge eventually. Now, we did get several different appearances of death in uh, in the story here. In fact, my favorite my favorite quote, possibly definitely my favorite quote that came from this individual story, but my one of my favorite things that I've come across in any of the inclusions of death in in Discworld, which some of you may remember is my favorite character. Uh, this is the quote it says there was something here he thought that nearly belonged to the gods humans had built a world inside the world which which reflected it in pretty much the same way as a drop of water reflects the landscape and yet and yet inside this little world they had taken pains to put all the things you might think they knew would want to escape from hatred fear tyranny and so forth death was intrigued they thought they wanted to be taken out of themselves, and every art humans dreamt up took them further in. He was fascinated. I just think that's such a beautiful assessment of of our creation of art, it, it just in general, in humanity, is we're trying to build these, these pieces of art, these pieces of creativity that make you think outside of the box, make you look into the existential when Uh, Everything we've truly dreamt up, whether it comes to books or it comes to TV shows or it comes to music or any form of art, it brings you back into that. It brings you back into what it means to be human. So uh, death puts it into this perspective with with the attempt at escapism, we continue to lock ourselves further into what we are essentially trying to escape in. That is just, I love that, that little bit there, because that is just so Terry Pratchett, that is so just his way of thinking. I mean, it's just so cool how much you, you feel like you can really get to know Pratchett, just through this writing, his style of writing. Like, I, I don't feel like I know Stephen King, you know what I mean? Like, in that way of, like, his writing... Doesn't necessarily make me understand who he is. Sometimes, especially in his newer stuff, you get like a—you can pick up on his political views, that's for sure. But you don't get a lot of like who he is as an individual and like kind of what his thoughts are, like what his thought processes are like. But with Pratchett, I feel like every time you get something clever, that's like this introspective or introspective view of something. You're getting a little tidbit of who he was and how his thinking, how his thinking worked, and how he viewed our world and how he viewed life and how he viewed just the existence of the universe on this grand scheme of things. And I love that about these stories. I mean, it's it's a huge part of what draws me back to his writing. Is I'm so curious how he's going to find some clever comedic way to address something profoundly deep, and profoundly interesting, and do it in this means of, like, it, it's just so low stakes, like, I mean, there are these stories that, like, I could truly tell a friend, like, you should read Weird Sisters, it's a, just a goofy little silly book, it's a 100, and it's 229 pages long, and it's, I mean, it's truly just amazing mort is a little bit longer 300 pages long it's one of my favorite books of all time favorite fantasy books of all time and there's so much depth that lies within it that's wrapped and basted in all of this comedy and you don't even have to look that deep for it he lays it right there on the surface and with plenty of room for you to continue to look into it and it's just incredible like, it's so beautiful, it's so quirky, like, I love that he is, that he is able to wrap all of these different perspectives of life into one thing, never, it never has to be just black and white, or it never even has to be, you know, six colors, it's a billion, it's a, it's a couple billion in his work, it's just everything, it's, it's phenomenal, I, I, I don't know, I, I just, I could, I don't, I like, it's one of those things, like, I have a hard time believing that there's a Discworld book that sucks, you know? It's like, if Terry wrote it, then there's something there. He's not, he didn't just write these stories for a paycheck. He wrote these stories because there's this certain amount of him that, that seems to be lying within all of them. And I'm just excited to continue to look for it. Now, the major theme that I picked up from the uh, like physical land, physical things desire for leadership and order. So I feel like there's this underlying theme with the the, the, the land of Lanker kind of requiring and desiring an actual king. It, it kind of relates to this desire that land, physical things, have to order. And I, it just makes me think of our, there's more order to how our world is structured both mathematically and scientifically than we really see in our day-to-day life and and although things do seem random and are very much so random in a lot of aspects of life there are there are very many things that come down to an exact science and and our world kind of requires that to a certain degree and and i think he was able to establish that in while viewing this little kingdom's desire to have a king and you can look at that and and view it at, in, in our whole world. And that that may be me reading into that, but I I do feel like that's something that Terry would have been interested in and something that he would have um have have thought himself, and especially being somebody who's from England from a from a world that has, you know, had a very powerful monarch at one point. So kind of interesting and and I found this this book incredibly entertaining. They're just fun little like when you would like I always like when I do a big boy like you know six hundred seven hundred thousand page book I like to, you know, go back to one of these because there's just such a nice little palate cleanser. They're funny. They're low stakes. I don't feel like I have to read a bunch of it in one day. Like I read this over the course of a week, and I could have sat down on a Saturday and read the whole thing in six hours probably it's not really the point that like you get the same thing out of it from whether you just burn through it or, or read it over the course of several days so weird sisters by terry pratchett book six ah i'm sure i'll move on to book seven here in the next uh next couple of weeks it's october for me right now this should be coming out in november for you i would assume so Probably read some more spooky stuff this year. You know, everybody's into spooky season. You notice that this year? Everybody called October spooky season. I don't remember that being a thing before this year, but regardless of that, I hope everybody enjoyed the episode today. I hope you go get a library card. My library has a huge stack of Discworld books. They probably have at least 20 of them, so pretty cool. Maybe your library has all of them. Go check it out, get yourself a library card, and as always, I'm Max Lopez, and this is Beyond the Bindings.